0: Like Wesler, Blake, Blake, Blake Wesler, Wait, Blake Wexler, Wait, Wait Wexler Blake Wexler, Blake, Blake, Blake Wexler. Blake Wexler, Blake, Blake, Lake Wexler. Blake Wexler, Blake, Blake, Black Wexler. Ah! Blake. Hello everyone and welcome to Blake's takes for God's sakes. the number one Antifa supported podcast on the internet and they don't just they don't just support anything. Not sure what those folks are doing over there in Antifa. I've heard a lot about them. I'm still not sure what their platform is, but uh, I think I speak for everyone here at Blake's takes for God's sakes that we appreciate their support. Um, speaking of support, by the way, daddy is very, sorry I sorry. Um, I am uh, very honored to see uh, so many new listeners. There's nothing Daddy likes. Oh, Jesus. There's nothing I like more than uh, the new listeners and Daddy has gotten. Sorry. I, every time I try to use the personal pronoun today, it's it's Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Um, but, yeah, Daddy likes. Thank you so much uh, for all the new listeners, for your support. Speaking of support, and we're speaking of support a lot, maybe too much at the beginning of this podcast, but not here. No, we have our first Patreon supporter, that is right, Kelly Shapiro Esquire has joined the uh, special hello section of um, that tier of my Patreon. You can head over to patreon.com slash daddy. God damn it, slash Blake Wexler. Don't go to slash daddy. I don't know what that's for. Patreon.com slash Blake Wexler. Kelly Shapiro, Esquire, uh, has has joined that tier. And while we're on that subject, I do want to congratulate Kelly Shapiro, Esquire, on um, filling in for Judge Judy. Permanently going forward, Judge Judy uh, has announced her retirement and um, they'll be replacing her with Kelly Shapiro, who I I honestly can't imagine a better fit. Uh, She's terrific. Um, Her quote, uh, this is a direct quote from Kelly Shapiro Esquire saying, I can't wait to fill um, Judge Judy's uh, expansive robes in this business. And uh, I don't need that goddamn bailiff. I can do it myself. So that's very impressive. It sounds like she's taken the gavel by the handle and uh, will really, really uh, do an excellent job for Judge Judy. So thank you, Kelly. And oh, and by the way, What are we doing here? Am I thanking the people who support me too much? There's no such thing. We've got a review of the week, okay? And you guys really ran with the uh, directive of writing the weirdest review um, while still giving it five stars. So if you can, please review it. Please rate it five stars. This review of the week comes from that smelly guy. Good pod, great host five stars i can't tell you how impressed i was with this podcast the financial advice is incredible and i love the recipe section where the host gives his favorite recipes from his childhood i do think the laugh track is a bit unnecessary for a serious subject matter such as finance but it has a warm feeling nonetheless um i really like by the way that uh, he referred to me as the host my name is not mentioned once um, but i guess i mentioned enough uh just in general so thank you to the smell guy I really appreciate it wrote that on Sunday which is the Sabbath for many Christians so I appreciate that and speaking of many Christians I want to uh go to our first segment of the podcast uh let's just say I'm gonna give my first Blake's take here not trying to spoil nothing it's politics Blake is really funny Blake is really cool blah 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 Blake Blake, Blake. Blake. This week, uh, President Trump compared himself to Abraham Lincoln in terms of how he's treated by the press. And uh, that is that is the subject that I'm going to give my take on. Was is President Trump treated worse by the press than Abraham Lincoln was? And also, by the way, I mean, I'm sorry for saying Abraham Lincoln. I mean, President Lincoln, since when you're supposed to show respect to the office of president and we call fucking you know orange pig president trump but we call the the man who freed the slaves and reunified the united states and won the civil war abe jesus christ i, I realize it was like 200 years ago but we don't have to call him like, oh not even abraham lincoln abe lincoln a old fucking Abe. You know, the guy who passes out at the bar, Abe. Anyway, so I'm going to dive. I did a lot of research on this subject. Maybe too much research. So much research, uh, you're not even going to recognize me at the end of this segment. So did uh, Did President Trump get... And by the way, Trump and Lincoln, it, can you have more opposite of body types? Whatever... Um, uh, what? I, I would imagine that the cure for Marfan syndrome it just courses through President Trump's blood. You just got to dig through all that fucking fat. So, oh, it's mean. Why so mean? Was, Pre- was, was President Trump or Abraham Lincoln treated more poorly by Blake Wexler? And that'll be next week. So stay tuned for that. So here's all the bad press. I, I think it's going to be interesting or it, uh, I'm hoping it's going to be interesting. I thought it'd be interesting to dive into uh, just some quotes from the press regarding Lincoln, some quotes from the press regarding Trump, and, uh, and vice versa, things that uh, the way that those two presidents interacted with the press themselves. So let's start with Lincoln. Let's go chronologically, um, just because it's a very good place to start. What if I just had the most beautiful singing voice, and I just broke it out every once in a while on stage? And it was so good, people would just start crying. That's something to work on. So here's some things um, that, the, uh, that the press said about Abraham Lincoln. And a little bit of background. The, the press, the media landscape in the um, 1860s, believe it or not, was very different from the media landscape now. I believe they only had dial-up internet back then. Um, and they would use a, uh, a Morse code device to dial in. So if you thought that ear, ear, was bad... I really thought I was going to do a sound effect there smoothly, and not only was the sound effect bad, I think uh, one of my vocal cords just wrapped around my neck and I uh, started strangling. So, um, very different media landscape. Back then, there were three major national newspapers, and um, they were all based in New York. I believe they were... The New York Herald, the New York Tribune, and that old goddamn rag, the New York Times. Don't get me started. Ugh, they put up, they literally built a paywall around the building so you could get in. That's true. So, um... This is uh, this is the way the major newspapers covered um the Gettysburg Address. These are direct quotes from the newspapers and the Gettysburg Address, just for context, if you don't know. And by the way, I've been looking at my audience. Uh, a lot of Canadians listen to this show, and I would imagine that's because of Georgia Brooks, uh, another funny comedian, another one of the many funny comedians in Los Angeles. And we will list all of them, but not today. So. This is how uh, the Gettysburg Address, which has gone down as one of the most famous speeches in American history, uh, orated by uh, President Abraham Lincoln. And these are some quotes from the major U.S. newspapers about the Gettysburg Address. It was, quote, ah, fuck, hold on. It was a, quote, silly, flat and dishwatery utterances. So and by the way, I put uh there and that was a mistake. The whole quote thing is very difficult for me. When do you say the quote? Because I want to start saying it, but then I forget the word quote. So who's saying it? Blakey boy or the New York Herald? Um, Another quote about the Gettysburg Address is uh, one of the major newspapers said it would make, quote, the cheek of every American tingle with shame jesus christ if someone said that one of my jokes made uh, every american tingle with shame i would be an accountant i would stop doing stand-up comedy i'd stop podcasting for god's sakes Blake's takes for god's sakes so this is this episode is brought to you by blake's takes for god's sakes and um this this podcast is brought to you by this podcast so uh, that was uh, Those are pretty rough quotes Newspapers would also spread lies About Abraham Lincoln uh, This is a really really bad one And keep in mind at the time um, Half of the country Of the United States of America Was like yeah we don't uh, fucking want to be a part of this This guy is not our president We hate this guy He's trying to take the people that we own away from us So we're just going to actually fight this guy And fight our literal brothers and sisters So we can own slaves That's how. Say what you will about the Confederacy good god that those people love slaves everyone has a passion and for some reason those 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 red bastards it was uh, it was slaves for them and they chose to die for it jesus christ so um, not only did half the country literally hate President Lincoln, what he stood for, so much they left the country. Um, the rest of it were Democrats. By the way, very it's interesting to think about now. But um, you know, someone who has compassion for those uh, less fortunate than um than they are, uh, back then was a Republican thing to do. <laughs> Yikes! So, um, President Lincoln was a Republican, and uh, Democrats hated him. Democrats absolutely hated President Lincoln. And there were a lot of Democrats in the press. So one quote about uh, President Lincoln, they would um, spread lies about him, where a major paper said that Lincoln would uh, try to, quote, "...ruin the nation by making blacks socially equal to whites and by encouraging interracial marriage." End quote. Now, that does sound like a quote that President Trump said about Bernie Sanders, but it's not. It actually is a a direct quote from a newspaper in the 1800s. Now, Lincoln was... So here's the knock on Lincoln, is that Lincoln, um, as as poorly as Trump, treats reporters. And he treats them very poorly. And I have some direct quotes about that in a moment. But President Lincoln... not only did he did he treat reporters poorly he did shut down the press the entire press three separate occasions during his presidency so president trump to his credit has never been like all right no more press he has uh barred um uh the press from attending his news conferences he has publicly trashed the press in the media specific members uh, organizations but he has never uh completely um suspended the writ of habeas corpus like uh Abe Lincoln did three times. And by the way, Kelly Shapiro, if you'd like to chime in and tell us what the writ of habeas corpus is, we would love it. Um, So uh, President Lincoln did suspend the writ of habeas corpus three times, arresting Americans without trial for speaking out um, against him and his administration. Uh, But he justified this by saying that any discord, uh, national discord, would uh, prevent the union from coming back together. Which, you know, I know, I, I buy it. That works for me. I accept that explanation, Mr. President. So, uh, Lincoln's generals would also attack newspapers on his behalf. Ambrose Burnside um, said the Chicago Sun-Times should be, quote, padlocked and its gun-toting editor arrested, end quote. Um, Ambrose Burnside, by the way, if you have a minute, look up right now who General Ambrose Burnside is and tell me that you don't want to sit on that face, (laughs) No, it is Ambrose Burnside. By the way, um, I believe this could be an urban myth, but I believe his name is what uh, the phrase "sideburns" is based off of. And if you haven't looked them up yet, look up an image. You'll see what I mean. That man, those aren't just sideburns. They're uh, front burns. They're top burns. They're all around burns. They it's, there is a uh, a fire that is broken out on that man's face, a fire of hair. It is it is wild. Can you imagine coming home to that at night and just being like, "Jesus Christ, he's on the road all the time being a fucking Union General and he looks like that. I'm going to go cheat on the uh, the oil lamp with the oil lamp boy down the down the street." So I uh, never thought I'd ever say that quote. So, Um, Another general of uh, Abraham Lincoln locked up the St. Louis newspaper editor, and um, though President Lincoln, to his credit, did immediately grant clemency to this newspaper editor. So that's often what would happen. uh, President Lincoln would have some of these people arrested, some of these editors, um, you know, put in jail, but would immediately grant them clemency if they promised to cut it out, which does sound a little authoritarian, if you ask me. All right. So um overall lincoln thoughts um and by the way again i did do a lot of research there was a book written about this and i don't remember uh what the book is but if you look um look up president lincoln um versus the press that's the only goddamn thing that comes up so uh though he did generally let criticism roll off his back uh, lincoln did refer to one of the big three newspaper editors as being quote almost as much trouble as the entire southern confederacy end quote so he had some trouble with the press, but he never attacked them in public. He never attacked them with words. He just uh, sent the occasional general to shut them down. Um, but President Lincoln was under a little bit of pressure. Now, let's go to the other guy. Let's go to the guy who's comparing himself to Abraham Lincoln in uh, President Donald J. Trump. And I want to be fair here, uh, but uh, first, not but, and first, here's some things that Trump has said to reporters and in just the past month alone, because we don't have enough time to go through all three and a half years of this guy's presidency and all the horrific shit he said to press members. Um, he, uh, President Trump has called individual reporters, quote, terrible, fake, nasty, very nasty. You're a terrible reporter. Um, he's also said you're never going to make it to another reporter and I'm not sure if that was um, you're never going to make it in the reporting business or you're just not going to live to see the end of my presidency so stay tuned for that he also uh, has told the press to quote be nice and stop asking quote wise guy questions and uh, my favorite one that he said uh, during one of his um, COVID-19 press conferences is that with the media it's always quote getcha 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 <laughs> so um Getcha, 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 by the way, I'm not, I, I think that's Latin for got you, got you, got you. I'm not sure. I'm gonna getcha, you, getcha, you, getcha, you, getcha one way or another. Wolf Blitzer is gonna getcha, 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 getcha. What is that? Is that jagged little pill? Probably not. Um, now here on the other side, the press in President Trump's defense, whether or not he deserves it or not, uh, we can explore later. But the press is very hard on Donald Trump. And I'm going to, just to simplify things, I'm going to give you quotes from one media outlet in particular about Donald Trump uh, from the Atlantic. So this is just from the Atlantic alone. This isn't taking into account things that CNN, uh, ABC, CBS News, um, the New York Times, I'm not even taking, Washington Post, I'm not even taking into account quotes from them. This is purely the Atlantic, uh, what the Atlantic has said about Trump. Um, He's, quote, a demagogue, a xenophobe, a sexist, a know-nothing, and a liar, end quote. Pretty tough. Who, quote, expresses admiration for authoritarian rulers and invinces authoritarian tendencies himself, end quote. President Trump, oh, God, the quote thing really trips me up. It's like, where do you put the quotes? Quote, because you're trained your whole life not to read, pronounce, you know, like uh, punctuation. Because it would be really weird if I was like. Um, quote, a demagogue, comma, space, a space, xenophobe, comma, space, a space, sexist, comma, space, a space, no dash, nothing, comma, and, uh, you know, it's, and by the way, there was a space before the and, um, So, reading the word quote, am I, is anyone even listening? Am I, you're listening to Blake's Takes for God's sakes and Antifa Production. (laughs) Uh, The quote, um, final quote from The Atlantic that they said about Donald Trump, and this is, uh, I think, the most devastating one, is that he's quote, Easily goaded, a poor quality for someone seeking control of America's nuclear arsenal. He is an enemy of fact-based discourse. He is ignorant of and indifferent to the Constitution. He appears not to read, end quote. Appears not to read is like the most is the meanest thing i've ever heard anyone say about another person because you're not saying he doesn't read because that kind of you know nullifies your argument because it's hard you can't know for sure if someone reads or not you know but to say he appears not to read is like this guy gives uh, no indication of literacy <laughs> one way or another um i thought that was pretty mean so which uh which president was treated worse by the press Here comes my Blake's take for the week. And my Blake's take, was President Trump treated worse by the press? Was President Abraham Lincoln treated worse by the press? And I think it's a draw. I think both presidents were treated equally as bad by the press, which... I think it shows exactly why Donald Trump is such a horrible president and a worst human being because Trump gets the same negative level of press as someone who is literally at war with over half his country and Lincoln still tied him for decent press. So congratulations to Abraham Lincoln. You you are a uh, you, you, you will forever be compared to Donald Trump. Jesus Christ, imagine explaining that to old honest Abe. Ugh, I'm so, I'm just so emotional. And now, <laughs> your next section, Leisure! Blake is really funny, Blake is really cool, blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake! Oh, welcome to the Leisure section. The other segments like politics, sports... Relationships—they've got a lot of pressure on them, but not leisure. So put your feet up, light up a cigar. By the way, why are cigars like leisure? There's nothing relaxing about a cigar. They stink. They—it's like having just fire infiltrate your lungs. It, that, like, a cigarette—you know—doesn't necessarily taste like it's giving you cancer. Uh, a, a fucking cigar—it's like, oh, this is. This is gonna tear out my insides. Maybe that's what's, uh, maybe that's what's like relaxing about it. Is that just the freedom and knowing that you're making a choice that's terrible for you, but you you can still do it. There is actually something very relaxing in that. The leisure section. Here's my take. I'm gonna give you my take right off the bat. Uh, in my leisure section. I'm not going to save it for the end. I believe that people should be allowed to wear replica military uniforms whenever they want. And. That is my take. I, uh, and by the way, it's not like police uniforms where you actually have police marching around because that is that could cause issues. Uh, you could have people impersonating police officers. I'm not saying you should impersonate soldiers I'm, un- unless it's martial law, in which case absolutely not. <laughs> if, if we're being martial lawed, you cannot impersonate that, that, sh- that soldier. That is wrong. Um, what I am saying is that military uniforms, replicas, should be sold like jerseys. And the troops should get proceeds from those sales. And based on, like, when would you, What? in what circumstances would you wear a military uniform? And that's a great question, and I have a lot of answers for you. Um, a bunch of different, I'm going to give you a bunch of different social settings in which um, I would wear my military uniform. And I would tell you, I'm going to tell you, like, why I would wear each uniform. So, weddings. My God, have you ever seen... A soldier at a wedding in their dress garb no one looks cooler than a soldier at a wedding so i would like to wear a white naval officer's uniform to a wedding more than anything in the entire world right because at a wedding i'm gonna say it the bride gets a little too big for her britches all right she thinks she she runs shit she it's my day is it your day is it your day? Maybe you should have done more in your life so you don't put so much pressure on your wedding, you know? Maybe you should uh, find other ways to enjoy yourself in society so you don't have to make, like, you know, like a, the, like an empress's birthday party out of your wedding. And I'm sorry. I feel the same way about bachelor parties. It makes me sick. Fulfill yourself in ways that don't ruin the weekends of your friends. woo So... I'm trying to make the, bri- uh, the bride jealous, all right? I'm going to look prettier than her, and I'm also going to wear a white naval officer's outfit. Uh-huh. Because what's more eye-catching than a bride? A war hero. So I'm going to wear my white naval outfit because it's also, by the way, she's wearing a white dress. I'm wearing my white dress, a white dress uniform, and she's going to be jealous, and let's just say red does not look good with white unless it's a strawberry cheesecake my love so that's the first situations wedding white naval officer outfit boom look at me you're not the only virgin here lady (laughs) next the gym all right I'm going to wear a, a military outfit at the gym. Now, you might be thinking, oh, Blake, you will wear like, you know, like a combat desert storm type uniform, you know, like to work out in or, you know, like they're like army fatigue camo pants and maybe those cool like tan like shirts that you see them working out in. Wrong. I'm going to wear a like five star army generals War hero green uniform with the hat and like as many medals as I can fit on my clothes to the gym. And then I'm going to go uh, jogging on the treadmill and the sound of my medals are going to be so goddamn loud, no one else at the gym is going to be able to hear themselves think, and I am psyched about it, all right? If you're you're trying to listen to your music, because everyone's trying to intimidate each other at the gym, oh, I, I lift more than you, I'm running harder, I'm sweating more, oh yeah? Listen to my medals clank on my goddamn uniform. It's going to sound like it's gonna sound like a uh, like a trash truck. It's gonna sound like R2D2 falling down a flight of stairs, but for 45 to 50 minutes on the elliptical trainer. That's what I'm gonna sound like. All right, you won't be able to hear your music. I'm the king of the gym because the best person in the room is the loudest person in the room and uh, in the room, and that's what I'm selling. So to the beach. What am I gonna wear to the beach? Because this is an interesting thing where. Military uniforms are, are generally, they don't look that breathable. Um, so, when did people look the most relaxed in war? Vietnam. That's right, because all the photos of soldiers in Vietnam, they cut their sleeves off, they're chilling, they're doing opium, like whatever they're doing, they look relaxed. So that's how I'm dressing at the beach. I'm wearing camo. (laughs) I'm wearing green camo to the beach, tearing off the sleeves, showing off my guns and my arms. Where next? On stage. So, Blake, what are you going to wear on stage? Because there's a lot of options here. I'm going to wear a Confederate officer's uniform. Oh, but Blake, you're you're a, you're a liberal from Philadelphia. Why would you why would you wear uh, a uniform from the other side? Well, they're gray. Gray is a great color. Gray is an underrated color. I've heard people say that gray is not a color, and to them, I'm I'm like you. Uh, you tickle me pink. Because that's embarrassing to me, knowing you thinking that you don't think that gray is a color. Gray, it's fantastic. The issue, so it'd have to be like a fall summer show that I was doing because gray, it's wool, right? The uh civil war civil war players, Jesus. Hey Blake, maybe get a life outside of sports. Um, civil war combatants, soldiers is the word I'm looking for. War wool, which it, uh, so it doesn't breathe, but. Uh, as far as gray goes, very versatile color, an excellent fall color. Um, a pretty good winter color as well. So that's what I would wear on stage And people would have to, you know, maybe that's my new lane. Maybe I'm the, f- the Confederate comic. You've seen uh, what's his face' has got a, Joe Rogan's gonna vote for Trump. You've seen a lot of these like comedians without any talent um, support the right, like go really far right. but none of them have ever worn a Confederate, uniform on stage so maybe i go so far left i go right hmm? you ever do that before in your car remember driving remember when you can just when you could just get in your car and go somewhere all right oh shit i almost dropped my mikey first date what would i wear on a first date that's a great question and i'm gonna i'm gonna let you think about that as i take a sip of my water Gilly sniper suit that's what I'm wearing on a first date because and it's going to be, you know, like you're on an app, whatever. By the way, I'm in a committed relationship. I can wear my ghillie sniper outfit whenever I want with my lovely girlfriend. But this is a hypothetical. If I go on a first date. All right. I show up. She doesn't know what I look like. She's all dressed up. She looks beautiful. I show up. I'm I look like it looks like a bush. No, 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 no. She I have her seated. Here's what I do. I pay off the uh the concierge, what is it, what's the name of the person when you go into a restaurant, the hostess, I pay off the hostess, and I'm like, seat her in the corner, next to the, sh- like, like the beautiful shrubs, and she sits there, and she's like, she's nervous, she's waiting for me to show up, and I'm not, I'm not there, and she guys, she goes, oh god, where is this asshole, and then, all of a sudden, one of the shrubs stands up, it starts <laughs> moving, and I just grab her. I go ah, and she uh, she she goes ah, and it's me. I'm like, hi, I'm Blake Wexler. It's nice to meet you. And then I sit down, and she has no idea because I look like a shrub. Uh, I look like a tree had moved in. I, I place my sniper rifle. I don't know why I need to bring the rifle actually, because this is this is purely out outfit based. But I have my gun, and I place it against the table, and we have a great. We have a great meal. And she realizes I'm fun right off the bat because, you know, I surprised her. And, and people love surprises. And then also, there's a little bit of mystery, too. Because, you know, in my ghillie suit, and if you don't know what a ghillie suit is, by the way, uh, look it up. It's basically like, you know, um, a sniper dresses up as a bush. Uh, so they're camouflaged and hidden. So she's not going to see, like, my full body. She just sees essentially a shrub uh, sitting across from her. And I may, like, you know, every once in a while, like, pull my, like, some of the grass away from my eyes, like, bangs, and give her a little wink, and she'll love it. So that's what I would wear on a date, a full uh, sniper ghillie suit. And finally, to a bar, if I'm just going to go and hang out with buddies, I'm going to wear, like, a full commando, like, crowd control um, uniform, where just, you know, bulletproof vest, uh, like, knee pads, all that shit, and one of those sick Like riot control shields, which, by the way, if you can buy one of those online, I would love a riot control shield. Because when shit goes down, just to be able to ram people with that thing, it's not um, deadly, it's not fatal. So let's say, you know, at a bar, you go to a crowded bar, you can get, it, it could take forever to get to the front of that line to get served i'm gonna push my way through at this bar with my shield and i'm gonna reach over it and grab my drink and then move back to my table with my beautiful shield and by the way if people come up to me and i don't want to talk to them boom shields up hashtag shields up that's what this podcast is all about so now that is my uh, that's my take replica military uniforms should be sold like jerseys um, and uh, troops should get uh, all the profits from those sales. Everybody wins. And now, the next section sports. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 Blake, Blake, Blake. So, th- this sports section is going to be a tough one because I have to admit something to myself that I don't want to admit. And I do try to keep things positive in these times, but. I am going to be 100% honest with you. And my take on sports is that I do not miss the 76ers. I don't. I don't miss basketball. Um, I I, I literally, I thought when this happened that the most depressing part, you know, outside of the real life issues that um, the pandemic has caused, is um, I would miss sports the most. And I don't miss watching the 76ers at all. Um, because I've realized just how unhappy they make me. And I'm going to go into more, uh, more about that in a second. But just to give you background, 76ers are my favorite uh, team. Um, they're my favorite basketball team. I bought, uh, just to show you my commitment to it, um, I bought League Pass. And uh, which is this, this thing where, uh, unbelievable. These fucking, what are, you, what are you leaf blowing? What leaves are you blowing? What leaves? We live in Los Angeles every every single piece of vegetation here is a cactus or a coniferous fern. There's nothing to blow except me blow me Get a blake blower. God damn it all right, hold on let me pause this. unfucking believable all right anyway so, um i uh, i bought league pass this is how big of a sixers fan i am i bought league pass which is basically you spend like 150 bucks a year um to watch every sixers game out of market in la those games come on at four o'clock in the afternoon so i i literally push aside my work um, my relationship duties so i can watch this team piss me off for 82 games a goddamn season um i also i own tons of Sixers jerseys merchandise the amount of time I put into this team I also the last uh, large public event that I went to um, right before uh, the country shut down I went to Lakers Sixers at the Staples Center with 26,000 other people who probably had COVID-19 so I put my life on the line for this team and I don't want them to ever play again ever again I don't want to watch them play For me, selfishly, because I can't control myself. I I keep watching them, even though that, that team is so fucking bad for me. And they've always been a letdown. They've never, that team has never actually made me happy. If you're a Sixers fan, think about what you're doing. Think about what we're doing to ourselves. That team, what joy, any temporary joy that it brings to you is immediately. Cancelled out by loss, and not just wins and losses in games, but the like, like an emotional, an emotional loss uh, in terms of what we've put into it. Like it turns out, by the way, that even my memories uh, as a kid of the Sixers have been completely tarnished. Turns out that Iverson, uh, the whole time was drinking himself to death and an absentee father. That's not nice. So I can't even look back on old times. Cause that's what you do with, you know, a sports team when they suck. And, um, when they, when they let you down constantly, you're like, Oh, well at least we had that time. And you look back to it, even the best times since I was alive, weren't that good. Um, the 2001 team that made the NBA finals and lost to the Lakers four to one. Um, Turns out that was one of the worst finals teams of all time, statistically. You listen to all these analytics people in sports, and they're like, hey, actually, uh, that team, Blake, you're the the one bright spot in the history in 31 years of you cheering for for a sports franchise. That team, the best version of it, sucked. So, fuck you. And here's why I hate the Sixers. Uh, Now, more than ever, it's nothing but negativity and letdowns. The process is a very famous thing that the 76ers did where uh, for like a couple years four or five years they just in, uh, they intentionally lost so they could get players and the the losing actually that was probably one of the lone bright points of me as a fan for cheering for the sixers because there were no expectations whatsoever. They just sucked and the sucking offered hope. So you had hope and honestly when a team sucks, and they're not very good, at the very least, as long as they offer hope that maybe they have some young players, or they've had bad luck, or as long as there's a chance that they could be good and bring you happiness in the future, that's really all you need from a team. So even in the process times when we were winning, what, like 11 games a year, there was still hope. And There's no hope anymore. There's no hope whatsoever. And there's so much expectation and we can't possibly meet it. Even if the Sixers win the title, which they fucking won't, the amount of pain... And goddamn anguish of, like, number one overall picks not working out. One of them forgetting how to shoot. I'm not going to go into each thing. One uh, Another one of our lottery picks got so fucking sick from eating sesame seeds, in which he's allergic to, he almost died. They had to crack his sternum, people. They had to crack his sternum which as far as chest bones go the best the pinnacle the pennsylvania where philadelphia is located where the sixers play is called the keystone state the sternum is the keystone of the state of the chest i've lost my fucking mind so it's so depressing it's the, the sixers are so infuriating that tobias harris who should be a player that everybody loves. He's nice. He's funny. He works so hard. He's, he's overcome trials and tribulations to be the best version of himself. Everyone fucking hates him because he makes too much money. This guy's been traded so many times, and he finally finds a team that's going to pay him an enormous like $160 million contract. And we should be so happy for this guy, but we fucking hate him. We hate him so much because he's making all this money, which we're not paying him, by the way. The, the fucking uh, con- goddamn owners, these fucking Josh Harris owners who are the worst owners in basketball. They're not the worst. They're like the sixth worst. Are, they're paying their own money and it's still pissing us off. God damn it. Our star point guard doesn't do half of basketball. I'm not going to go into that. And the player that uh, everyone actually loves on the 76ers, Joel Embiid, is a godsend. He's literally, like, he's my favorite player of all time. Favorite player. But the guy keeps getting hurt. And, and, And they make, like, it just, I feel so bad for him. So even when Joel Embiid, who's having a great year, gets hurt, that makes me feel bad. It makes me feel bad to hate Tobias Harris. It makes me feel bad that we did all that losing for nothing. It makes me feel bad that this guy, Ben Simmons, who is so good, is hated. It makes me feel bad that I hate him. <laughs> it's crazy. It's all negative. And, the, and I, I just keep watching... And I feel the worst for Joel Embiid because this guy deserves more. He comes from the fucking Cameroon. He he suffers the death of his brother. And the guy, like, overcomes a a broken foot, knee issues. uh, Some fucking weirdo breaks his face with his hand. It's crazy. And somehow Embiid keeps overcoming all this stuff. He's hilarious. He's the funniest guy of all time. I love Joel Embiid, and that makes me sad because he's never going to be happy because of this stupid fucking team. And I keep watching the Sixers so I can feel uh, connected to home. I grew up in Philadelphia. I live in L.A. now, and... I want to have, you know, sports is one of those things that keep me connected to all my best friends who still live there. Like, let us, you know, it gives us a subject to text about constantly. And that's why I keep watching them. And yet, this team makes my friends sad. It makes them sad too. This thing that I, like, that I wholeheartedly support is, ma- is letting everyone in my life down and making everybody depressed. So why keep supporting something like that? Because I can't help it. I'm I'm fucking addicted to it. That's why the Sixers need to be moved to Newark, New Jersey. That's what they deserve. That's what we deserve. Free the Sixers. Free the Sixers from Philadelphia. That's my take. Move them to fucking Newark where the owners own the New Jersey Devils. What a cool name. Move them to Newark. Rename them the uh, fucking... Um, New Jersey styrofoam cups in the gutter, and because that's, I guess, you know, the primary interesting part about that city. Uh, bring, move, call the franchise uh, the Newark. The Newark um, flights out of JFK were too expensive. That's what they should call that fucking basketball team. Move that shitty uh, black hole of sadness into a shitty black hole of a city. That's my take. Move the Sixers to Newark. Fuck it. And now, relationships. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. All right, the subject of this week's relationship section is communicating with your parents during quarantine and there is uh i've been actually very very lucky where my parents have um, been obeying all the stay-at-home orders uh they've been socially distancing they haven't been acting out like a lot of parents have it is interesting to see that and by the way i'm 31 years old i can play 12 if you need me to attention casting agents i can pull off 12 years old um i uh So, my parents actually have been listening to the stay-at-home orders, but it is interesting to see that at the beginning of this pandemic, millennials were probably the most obedient and best behaved out of all the age groups, and millennials get the most shit talked about us more than any other uh, group demographic, and the worst worst behaved demographics were Gen Z, which makes sense. They're young bitches, and then um, boomers, which are old bitches. So, that is... That is my. And what is the cause of that? I think it's because parents. Um, well, I'll get to that in a second. So here's my advice. Here's my take. When you communicate with your parents, FaceTime with them separately. Do not speak to them as as a duo. And there's a million reasons for that. Okay. First of all, yes, it will take twice the amount of time for you to make these calls, but it's worth it, okay? It is 100% worth it. Because first of all, you're kind of only talking to one parent at once anyway when you FaceTime them and they're FaceTiming you together because parents have never properly uh, framed a FaceTime call in their entire lives. It's always, like, at best, like, half of your mom's face and your dad's elbow, you know? Like, it's never... It's never both of them like, oh, I'm talking to both my parents. You can't see them anyway. Um, they talk over one another. They're fighting with each other. You need, and also it's probably good for them because all they're doing is spending all of their time together. And it's a nightmare. That shouldn't happen. Your mom and dad shouldn't spend all of their time with each other. They'll fucking kill each other. And here's why I think uh, baby boomers and you know this older generation is is acting out so much. Is because they're not used to being told what to do, and they're not used to not being able to do whatever the fuck they want. Because, and I'm talking about people, you know, my parents' age, who are in their 60s, 70s, you know, 80s, like people who are retired, have just been able to do whatever the hell they want. You know, like going to the grocery store is a release for them, going out to dinner when they want, playing golf, and then all of a sudden, these people are told that they're not allowed to do these things, and they're like, well, what the Fuck! I got old just so I could do whatever the hell I want to do in my life, and now you're telling me now you Tom Wolf, now you Gavin Newsom, now you Governor McMaster are t- now you Ron DeSantis are telling me that I have to. Well, maybe not the last guy. He never really told me that they have to stay inside, but. It is interesting that they start acting out. They act like petulant children and they're all at the very least in terrible moods where they're like, God damn it, I put my time in. Just let me do whatever the fuck I want to do and they can't do it anymore. So don't let that affect you as their child, as uh, as whatever whatever type of child you are to them. As um, So that's what you should do is FaceTime with them separately. You have the time to do it. And... Face timing with your parents should be a positive experience, okay? Not just for you because you get to connect with your parents and it may not be safe to visit them right now because you could get them sick. Um, let it be a positive situation where you get to see them more face-to-face and at least you walk away without fighting with them, right? And once you have two parents, the chance of fighting with them at least doubles. So, it might quadruple because they start fighting with each other and then that causes you to fight. So it trip at least triples. So talk to them separately, Get you know? And then every once in a while when you're pressed for time, talk to them at the same time, right? How about that? How about that for relationship advice? Only speak to one parent at a time on these FaceTime calls. And uh, And if your parents, by the way, get along well enough that you can talk to both of them um this uh, this section wasn't for you <laughs> i apologize <laughs> so that is the take for relationships let's go in for the close blake is really funny blake is really cool blah 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 blake blake I really can't tell you guys how much I appreciate uh, you spending 45 minutes of your week with me each week. It, it, it really it makes me feel connected to you and uh, it's, it's incredibly rewarding to occupy your time. So thank you so much. Uh, a few plugs this Sunday. Save the last dance on my Instagram account. 5.15 p.m. talking Julia Styles, talking 90s basketball. Also, uh, I will be hosting Quizzo um going forward uh, johnny good times is a uh, is the quizzo host which if you don't know what quizzo is it's like trivia and johnny uh, good times is a local celebrity in philadelphia uh an incredible host and he hosts these quizzo games and because all these bars are shut down he's moved quizzo online so you can go to johnnygoodtimes.com and you can request me as a trivia host I think it's like 30 bucks for your entire team total not per person so it's like five bucks a person or whatever and uh, I'll host trivia for you and like there's videos there's all these great questions um, so uh, definitely do that that'll be fun and uh, patreon.com uh, slash Blake Wexler thank you Sh- Kelly Shapiro and I think that's it be nice to each other uh, be nice to me and I'll see you on Friday for jokes goodbye Blake! Wesler, Blake, play, play, Wesler, play, play, Wesler, play, 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 Wesler, play, 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 Wesler, play, 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 play,